All right, welcome, 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 everybody, to this episode of the Heinemann's Brother Hockey Show, uh, the first episode of the year, uh, 2020. Uh, today's Sunday, the 5th. Um, I'm here with Lewis and Tyler to bring you uh, the NHL being back after the holiday break. We had Winter Classic Hockey. The World Junior Tournament is complete. Um, we've actually got some trades uh, that happened since the last time we talked. Um, I've got a couple things that I've never seen before over the past couple weeks in the NHL. So uh, I'm uh, looking forward to the show. Uh, Ty, what's going on? What's up, boys? Eagles just lost. I'm in a really fucking pissed off mood. So uh, happy to be here. But, um, you know, World Juniors, I, we will talk about. Uh, good tournament. I think uh, there's some things we need to touch on. But um, besides that, really, NHL is the back of my mind right now. Um, all right, let's get it going. Lou. What's up, guys? <sighs> just going back to a full week of work for the first time in like three. I oh, gotta so wear sad. my blues on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was nice to have the break, but I, I was also ready to get back to work last Thursday. So, uh, yeah, because uh, we we take all our all our vacation days, um, like Martin Luther King and President's Day and Columbus Day and all that. Oh, yeah. they get all packed into the December break. So, oh, uh, okay, um, yeah, sounds right. terrible. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I really would rather have the individual days throughout the year, but it does allow for a nice relaxing December. Um, but uh, do we want to go straight to um, the news? Because there was some action. Yeah, we had some, we had some good stuff. We can start out with that. Um, uh, first thing, we uh, John Tortorello got himself into a little bit of hot water uh, with the league, uh, which for probably justified comments. Did you guys see what had happened with that whole thing with the Columbus game. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't put the time back on and then Corpus looks hurt and they lose. Yep. Yep. So he basically called out both the refereeing staff and the league pretty uh, aggressively in the post game. Like Tortorello has a tendency to. So uh, Lee got him for a quick 20 K. You know I mean, what though? Got to be worth it at some point. Yeah. Like you talk about, you know, baseball managers giving it to the ump, you know, dad always taught me it's not for, it's not for the last call. It's for the next call. So mm-hmm. like, you don't want to completely fucking invigorate them. You want to kind of put it in their mind that, listen, this wasn't okay. Like next time that's bullshit. So I think that's uh, torts has always operated on that model. So, I mean, like they need to know that they fucked up. They need to know. Yeah, I mean, I can't really disagree with with Tortorella at all. I mean, that they, I feel like they do that no matter what point in the game, uh, even at the end of like the first period, they'll put a couple more seconds back on. If they screwed up, they're usually pretty good about it. So it's strange. It's strange to see them not only complain and then not get it, but then of course for the game to be decided on that extra second. Not to mention your uh, all-star goaltender going down. Uh, of course, whether you believe he's actually an all-star or not. If you listened <laughs> to me last episode, uh, <laughs> I do not. But he is an all-star goaltender, uh, and now he won't be there, uh, let alone for however long he won't be with the Jackets, who have kind of climbed in the standings a little bit. They're right behind Philly now. Yeah, they're they've, rolling, uh, rolling I with think the they, 
they had their fur this I think yesterday was their first uh regulation loss in like twelve games or something like that. They had points in like twelve straight. Joe th- we got a couple a couple records. Uh Joe Thornton is now seventh all time in assists with one thousand eighty. Um only behind uh Paul Coffey, Yager, Bork, uh Mark Messier, Ron Francis, and of course the great one. Um so he's just continuing to truck along there in uh, San Jose. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury. Also, we forgot. I forgot to touch on this. I think it's the last two times we've recorded, but is now sixth all time in wins for a goaltender. And at this rate, we'll probably catch the number five Henrik Lundqvist this season. What are the numbers there? Uh, we're like four hundred and they're only like eight apart or something like that. Yeah, I, I think I saw the Rangers. Rangers, Rangers have been playing Georgie have a good amount. It's um, be it's be interesting to see what happens with Hank, because uh, what he's got two years after this year on his contract. That sounds right. Um, uh, with a but, full no movement clause, so he's got to decide he wants to leave. If they, it'll be interesting. The Rangers are a little ahead of where I thought they might be. I think I would agree. Um. But and and you know what and I mean I think you received your tie have said it in the past that like uh, it depends on what matters to you I mean we'd like to say probably most every player of course wants to win the Stanley Cup and that's probably the most important thing but I I he might just love being in that city and loves his life and and doesn't want to change it just to get his name on the trophy Yeah I mean I I don't know if you let you said it but. I don't know if he needs to be portrayed such as a selfish move. Like he probably has a family, you know what I mean? And he has a band. I know he's in a band with Johnny McEnroe. So it's, uh, I mean, yeah, his whole life's in New York city. It's hard for a goalie to, it's hard for a goalie to move. It's different for, you know, a Panarin to move or like, you know, those guys where it, it completely changes the culture of your, not only life, but the team and stuff like that. Like, Putting in an all a Hall of Fame goalie into a new team, like imagine if Bob went to Florida last year at the trade deadline, like that's it's pretty crazy. Like that rarely happens. When did the Luongo trade happen? That was off season. It was off season. Yeah, like I can't remember a goalie being traded during the trade deadline. Like that's it's fucking nuts. Like it changes your whole fucking team, your whole dynamic. So, I mean, I don't blame him for, you know, kind of settling settling into New York. It's a pretty good city. Yeah, not too shabby. You heard of it? <laughs> yeah. uh, all, uh, agreed, all agreed on that. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk is now a Montreal Canadian, which I think is an interesting choice for that team. It's kind of as much as I thought it was an interesting choice that the Kings signed him in the first place. It made more um, sense in L.A. to me than it does in Yeah, Montreal. I would agree with what? you. It's kind of – Montreal is is a team that needs to be just like playing its young players. Yeah, but and, how, does and it, now, how does it make more sense in L.A. when you're paying them $18 million for three years when now you're paying them less than a million? Yeah. It's like it's no risk. It, it's, it's, no also risk a, right it's also a two-way contract. <laughs> exactly. You're going to pay well, him seventy grand. If he plays in the A, like yeah. send him down to the A, cut your payroll, 
Fuck it. Okay, well, let me rephrase then, because, yeah, when you talk about money, obviously it makes more sense, this deal, than the previous. But uh, for for Team Fit, I thought Kovalchuk actually did kind of go with the older L.A. team with the Carters and the Kopitars. and Just add uh, more washed-up guys? What do you mean? Well, I, he he fits in. Whereas in Montreal, he, he's going to be taking minutes away from uh, from a younger player that Montreal. I mean, well, he's not going to play a, a bottom six role, is he? He's not a he's not a grinder. He's he's a he's out there to score goals. Yeah, you put him in a third. You put him in a third line role, and then you put him on the power play. I think that's what you do um, to start and see how it goes. But I just think that like. Montreal versus LA, like now you don't have a big risk. Like I said, like you have, you're paying him under a million. If he works on the power play, boom, you, you got found money there. But if he doesn't, send him down to the A. You pay him shit. You fucking make him ride the bus like a pussy fucking Russian he is. But <laughs> in LA, you can't do that. Like you're paying him six million a year. And, like, you need him to produce. But, like, if he doesn't produce, you're fucked. So now I think Montreal did the right thing. And, you know, they do have a guy who can score. You know, Shea Weber can rip the puck from the point. But can he dish it to anyone who has a one T? Maybe Ilya is the guy. So I think it's not a bad signing. It's just like a, a non-risk, you know, maybe medium reward. It'll be interesting to see if Montreal can kind of uh, give themselves a little bit of a boost here in the, the meat of the season. Still plenty of time for teams like that to make playoff runs, but uh, but Carey Price has not been very good. Max uh, Domi's been ripping it up, though. They can't keep the puck out of their net. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have they don't have much besides Shea Weber and, and uh, what's his name, Petrie and... Uh, Oh, who's and then they got the the one young kid who's obviously still young, but uh, Kakinyami or whatever his name is. The young kid's he's, still young. Well, I'm just saying he's like he's he shows flashes of like absolute brilliance. Is that who Aaron named his team after? Because his What's team his name? name is his team name is costing me money. Oh, I feel, did, I feel like it sounds kind of like Kakinyami. But it's costing me money, and he spelled it with a K. But there's a a cost in then, right? Isn't there in Dallas? Costin. Well, it's confusing to me because he's a blues guy. Yeah, he uh, he, hmm. he googled that. You shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron being called out. Uh, we'll see if uh, if he hears oh. this. If, if he, he lets will me be know. the first to be like, oh, yeah, you think I came up with that myself? Like, oh, you, no, no. What? Uh, you know what? I I wouldn't I'm be surprised if he down was like, on that. <laughs> he could have been, like, playing NHL or something. Uh, he's pretty knowledgeable just because of the video game. That seems crazy. <laughs> um, anywho, uh, let's see. We got... Islanders uh, are going to lose Adam Pellick uh, for what looks like, I guess, the rest of the regular season with an Achilles injury. So those Islanders are going to miss him um, a lot. He's part of that. What is that? The Pellick-Pullick line? Uh, yeah, that's our, our, top, uh, our number one, number two. 
Uh, Pelix more the defensive to Pulak's offensive. Um, he's got that uh, by far the longest stick on the team. He always looks like he's got the longest stick out there. Uh, he's still waving that thing around Chara style, but uh, uh, he will be missed. We'll see a lot more of Noah Dobson. Yeah, he, uh, he's a young kid drafted in 2018 when we had that. Uh, I think we had the eighth and ninth pick back to back or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just, yep, yep. Uh, on Dobson and Kiefer Bellows, who's oh. been re- really ripping it up in the AHL. I'm kind of surprised we didn't see him at the World Junior Tournament. He might be 20 years old though. Uh, or he went to the juniors, didn't he? Uh, D- Dobson was there. Uh, Bellows was not, and we had uh, also was there. But yeah. I didn't. I didn't hear him much, uh, you know, mentioned in the tournament. I, I played. I paid pretty much attention to the tournament, and I remember I sent you the thing saying Dobson was going. Uh, no, Siege Wallstrom went. Dobson didn't. That's right. It's Wallstrom, uh, and it's Wallstrom that he was drafted with, not Bellows. Bellows was the year before, um, right. and Wallstrom kind of just. I don't know. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't really perform to his NHL standard in the junior C. Didn't do much, honestly. He was good. He was good. He was one of the better players out there for the U.S. But they actually had a letdown. So, yeah, the the U.S. team in general. I feel like there was lots of underachievement. Whether you're talking about Cole Caulfield or uh, even Turcotte. <laughs> yeah, the one guy that really didn't played poorly, I think, was their goalie, Spencer Knight, uh, the Florida prospect. Agreed. But, yeah, he played great. For uh, some reason, I thought he was a uh, a Arizona draft pick. So I, But Biz talks about some goalie draft pick that they have, and I thought it was him. But, um, yeah, he played so well. He played I so think, well. All, I think the Russian. Is the Arizona draft pick? Is he? Maybe. But uh, I don't think the Russian goalies played well whatsoever. I just think every game they won, they were, you know, fucking scoring a million goals. Canada was sick though. Their power play, just like all those guys, fucking Leighton. I hate the captain. Lafreniere, obviously, he's going to be the number one pick. He was nasty. Nolan Foot. As a one T, fucking unbelievable! It's like OV over there. You like, know, it's scary, and he's in the Tampa system already. Yeah, like all these, like, Lou. It was it was absurd. Like USA versus Canada, it was five on five, pretty even. Maybe USA even had the advantage, but when you give Canada the power play, like you're fucked. You're absolutely fucked. Like Russia had a pretty good power play too, but the way they moved it. Oh my god! It was like it was like Braden Shen, and was in the middle, and then you had Duncan Keith, Shea Weber on the one T side, maybe even like Jordan Eberle just banging in pox. Like all these guys, obviously they're like eighteen, nineteen. I'm just like throwing in random Canadian of the decade team, dude. These guys are draftable. I would draft them. Yeah, I did think Canada was by far the most impressive team. Um, even even in the earlier even in the early rounds and with the blemish to uh, to Russia in the in the group play, um, I thought they were still by far the best team in that tournament. And uh, uh, that game was weird. 
the the uh, group game against Russia. Yeah, six nothing. Like they yeah. at some point you just it's a tournament. Like yeah, we don't we're not gonna get hurt. We're not gonna need these points. Let's go. Um, Tyler, I'm gonna need you to touch on the uh, officiating of of the IIHF World Junior Tournament. I mean. If anyone knows me as a player, it's I'm the guy who's is pushing the, the officiating. So to watch these Olympic the Olympics, they're basically the Olympics for like these young guys, but the World Juniors, the refs are just so soft. Like if I could put one word, it's soft. And there's so many calls where it's not even like high hits or elbows getting thrown out, and they're ejecting players. Like when when the what the fuck's his name? Holdestrom from Sweden. The guy who's doing all the Michigan goals. He was doing it before Svechnikov. Again, I'm mad that people are calling it the Svechnikov. Hello, bless you. Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Holdestrom was ejected for not a, they called it elbowing, like high hit. They ejected him. And he was literally just hitting a guy. Maybe he came up a little high. But that's a two-minute penalty everywhere I've ever seen. Like, the guy didn't get hurt. It's a two-minute penalty. And they kicked the guy out. So that's just a huge factor. Um, Russia ends up winning the game. Or, yeah, Russia ends up winning the game 5-4 in overtime. Not that that, like I'm saying, has changed the whole game. But the IHF is IIHF. IIHF. It's so hard to say. Their refs are... It's not USA hockey. You cannot play that way. And you can't really do anything that you want to do because these guys are going to fucking call it every shoulder, every elbow that a guy goes down, you're toast. I'm interested to, to see where those referees are from most of the time because the, the like the Finnish league and the Swedish league and like even the or like KHL Czech leagues, they don't play IIHF roles. So there were three Canadian dudes who came in, and it was funny because I put um, NHL Network on a corner TV. Really, no one showed up for the Vikings Saints game, which is fine. I don't fucking care. So I put it on the TV, but you, when you walk down the stairs, you see it. No one sits there, but when you walk down the stairs, you see it. And three guys walked down there, were like, "Let's go, Junior Classic Cup game is on." And I heard them say that, and I was like. Oh boy, we got some Canadian guys in here. So they walked down and they were like, well, I was like, sit down where do you want? And they were like, well, where's the and they saw football on everyone, every other TV. It's like, all right, I'll I'll put it on this one for you. They they stayed the whole game. It was unbelievable. They drank a bunch of beers, they drank Budweiser's. It was great. But uh ultimately I was like, I wish more people wanted to watch hockey. You know what I mean? Like no one, no one even came in for the football games, but I don't remember what my original point was, to be honest. <laughs> well, well, I asked, I asked the question like, uh, I wonder where the IIHF pulls these refs from, um, but you kind of ignored that completely. <laughs> no, you're right. I went on an awful tangent. Yeah, well, you had IHF, yeah, football. no, I said to them, I, I hate them, and they said, yeah, they, like they felt the same way. I'm pretty sure, and. Uh, I just remember, I'm not, nope, that's another story. Not going to do it. 
Um, <laughs> it reminds me of when uh, Nwick was texting me from uh, a bar in Toronto during the Olympics when uh, Crosby scored his overtime goal against us. Ugh. Uh, how he was in there rooting hard for the U.S. And when Crosby scored that goal, it was uh, not a good time to be Mr. Matt Nowicki. <laughs> I'm sure he was literally in Toronto. Yeah, he was at a bar. Yeah. Well, That's... he was playing. For, he was playing for uh, Saint Mike's Junior Saint Mike's. Yeah. Yep. Fuck, that's incredible. I remember being in in Jonesy's basement, um, and Kyle Keppel, because he loved Crosby so much, stood up and like celebrated when when he scored, and all of us literally wanted to fucking murder him. And he yeah. was on the edge of the couch, good. and it was just like, oh, and it was deflation immediately. But he stood up and celebrated, and all of us were like, "Wait, what? Kill him!" And then it was like, <laughs> "Oh, he was like, oh, all right, so 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 so." So was like, so he rooting for Canada? No, but he's such a fucking bastard Crosby fan. He's more of a Pittsburgh fan than probably Lou. I was gonna so, say because even I was, I was pissed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not going to root for Canada because yeah. Crosby's playing for him. He just no. like had the instinct to jump up and cheer for Crosby scoring, and hey, it was a bad move. It's like me rooting for John Tavares during the World Cup. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially not now. But during the World Cup, he was yeah. he was my he was my captain. You know, Siege. I'm, one of the best was when I asked, "Is CJ's favorite guy?" And you go, "Johnny T." Like it was, it was that was pretty good. I had you. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to pick a favorite now. He was my favorite for so long. It was. I mean, uh, Lou kind of. I mean, I hate to say this, Lou, but you kind of jinxed Jake Gensel there with the pop star. Oh my god! Play. I know. I like, that is so brutal. I was so mad. Fucking next like, oh day. Oh my god! We just talked him up. I just talked him up so much. Now well, gone. that's uh, that is a new piece of news that Four we have. To, yes, Jake Gensel, after scoring a goal, got uh, just uh, tripped over uh, Aaron Eckblatt and just, I mean, brutally put his shoulder into the boards. See, and, remember, uh, when I, sho- remember when I said, like, wait, why isn't this guy on IR? Like, why can't I put this guy on IR? I, d- I want to pick up someone else. It's because I clicked on him, I'm like, oh, he's out for the season. Like fuck! Like what the fuck? That's awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the only yeah, it's four to he's so he's, he had shoulder surgery, and he is uh, gone four to six months. So the only way he would sniff hockey again is if the recovery was really fast and the pens went all the way. Yeah, I mean, so you, you do see injuries fluctuate with uh, time to come back. So you never know. Maybe even uh, the pens get deep into the second round or something, and all of a sudden gets a. Uh, Gensel pops back, but you're still talking about, um, you know, four to six months out of hockey. Which... Yeah. So I think I think the Penguins are gonna. I mean, they're always kind of buyers at the deadline. Jim Rutherford is never uh, satisfied, so to speak. Um, but it felt like he had done most of his work in the off season prior to this season. But it looks like we might be uh, in the in the books for a, a rental winger. Looks like you guys are in the books for a rental winger and maybe a um, Tristan Jari getting, you know, 
cold right at the end of the season, Matt Murray getting hot, and you just going on a Stanley Cup run? That sounds good to me. Fuck you. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> well, we'll see um, if they can stay in it. Not to mention Crosby yeah. is coming back, what, any and day now? He's traveling on this road trip. Yeah. So, I, I mean, if you're gonna trade, if you're gonna trade a, a Gensel for anyone, I mean, Sidney Crosby's by far the best you could get back for him. Yeah. So, and uh, trades. Well, they're a playoff team already, so they lost their top goal scorer in Gensel, and they got one of the league's top scorers of all time, Sidney Crosby, back. So, Barzell for Gensel. You doing it? No, no, I don't want Gensel for Barzell. Lou. Doing it, probably, but that's because we're gonna lose Sid and Gino in like the next five-ish years. All right, I'll come up with another one. <laughs> you keep thinking over there. Uh, um, do you have the the trades in front of you? We have our uh, our first uh, trade since Taylor Hall. Uh, there's yeah uh, yeah. There's been uh, a handful uh, over the past weekend. Um, or the past week, I should say, uh, Montreal traded uh, or got a draft pick for forward Andrew Sturtz from Ottawa in exchange for defenseman Mike Riley. Um, Buffalo Sabres acquired a 2020 fourth round draft pick from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for defenseman Marcos Candela. And then Buffalo also acquired forward Michael Froelich from the Calgary Flames for a 2020 fourth round pick. I got that. All right. So, would you guys do Lee and Barzell for Rust and Gensel? Blockbuster. No. That's yes. Our, <laughs> that's our two best players. Lee's your best player? Lee is our first line center, and Barzell is our best player. I don't know, man. Rust and Gensel are pretty fucking good. I know, like, I know they're not their best line center, but they're, they probably would have been if they were on the Islanders. Okay, but now, now if I do that deal, I've got, these are my centermen. I've got Brock yeah. Yelts, Casey Sezikis, and Derek Broussard. Oh, neither of them are uh, centers? No, no, Gensel and Rust are both wingers. Actually, technically, Gensel was a, is a natural center, but he's never really played center for us. All right, so I fucked that up in the in the trade deal. I didn't think about that in the war room, you know. So all right, off the table. But you know, it, it's close. Like those those two are pretty. You know, we'll have to uh, come up with a segment called Tyler's Trade Corner, and uh, <laughs> me and Lou will play GM as we approach the trade deadline here. So uh, I'll let Tyler do some research on that, and maybe you'll see it in the next couple episodes. Uh, so, Ooh. so basically Buffalo, uh, Buffalo <laughs> bolstering, uh, itself a little bit with, with, um, uh, Michael Froelich, who I, I haven't really heard much this season, but the last couple of years, I feel like is, has done pretty well for himself in Calgary. Um, and then just adding another, uh, kind of solid piece on the back end in Marco Scandella. Well, no, they didn't, they trade Scandella away to get the pick to use to trade for Froelich. Oh, Yes, you're right. Woo! And uh, Froelich, um, he, I agree with you, Lou. He's uh, he's he was sort of solid for Calgary. I think more solid for Carolina before he got to Calgary. I probably agree with that for sure. But uh, 
Yeah, nothing blockbuster trade wise, but teams are starting to move move shit around. Uh, mm-hmm. That Atlantic division is starting to go back to the way it's supposed to be. Uh, I know. I saw that earlier. I was looking at the standings. And I was like, God damn it! It's Boston, Toronto, and Tampa again. Yeah, yeah Toronto's <laughs> been fucking slowly making their way, and and Toronto has just been sick and, unless they fired or after they fired Babcock. Sorry. Yeah, Tampa's won seven straight too. Yeah, both those teams extremely hot. Uh, Boston still getting points in most of their games, and maybe they just haven't looked as hot because of how damn good they were to start the season, not to mention the cup run last year. But uh, I think those are your uh, top three teams. Real shocker there. Um, Nobody was really worried about the Bolts. Maybe a little more worried about the Leafs, but like Ty said, I mean, they took care of that early, fired Babcock, and they looked just fine. And the Flyers look just terrible. They're going to fall apart. Don't worry. <laughs> well, Ty, my aisles aren't too far behind them right now. Uh, after after losing to New Jersey um, and Toronto this week, um, it's just they look a little old Islanders. Like uh, every time we score a goal, it's like super dangerous for the next two minutes. But uh yeah, I was wrong, by the way. I, I said that the Flyers were going on an 11-game uh, road trip. I don't think that was true. It was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, so uh, I said 11, it's 10. <laughs> That's still pretty crazy. That's still a, yeah, it's still a hell of a and they've done, they've done just terrible on it. Like, it's lost to San Jose 6-1. to one. Then they beat Anaheim, but then lost to the Kings, the Knights. They got ripped by the Yotes, and then they lost to the Ducks again. Like, oh, and then they um, broke again. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty, I was thinking about this the this uh, past night. The uh, my Islanders have kind of gone right along with uh, Tyler, and opposite of me for picks. Like Tyler was awful maybe the first two weeks. And then was so good that he got super far ahead of everyone. And now lately, uh, he's fallen into second place. So uh, right right along with Miles and maybe even your Flyers, Ty. So you need to pick it up a little bit. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> I'd uh, rather Luke... your Islanders die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, die! Uh, Lou, you're in, uh, you're in last place with 741 yeah. points. Um, nine, uh, eight points behind Tyler, who has seven forty nine, and uh, I've got seven fifty. So I've just passed Tyler again. Nice. Right. I, I had a good. I had a good. I was yesterday or the day before. I think I was like eight two and two. It's anybody's game. Oh yeah, we're only halfway there. Um, so you guys think uh, we're gonna see uh, sometime on All Star Weekend Justin Bieber try to score a shuckle on on Jordan Biddington? There is. I, I have never seen Justin Bieber uh, obviously play hockey, but he, he's Canadian, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Did you guys watch the highlights at all of his men's league game? <laughs> uh, no, I've... you're going to have to let us know how how likely this is to happen, Ty. Fuck, I mean, I wish that's why I wish you guys saw him. Um, they're, not, they're not good. <laughs> he scored some, like, like, did this spinorama kind of goal like oh i just watched it <laughs> it was the slowest spinner on i've ever seen like 
Who knows how much these goalies are getting paid to let these goals in? He scored a wrist shot where I was like, wait, did he even shoot that? Like, uh, I, I could so, I could so I, I want to see him. Their... What siege? Could I play tender in his league, like for his team? You would dominate. <laughs> oh. In your condition, this uh, this Black Friday, you would dominate. So there's no way he scores on Bennington. I don't think so, and I really want to see it. <laughs> well, I think the guy. I mean, so Budweiser Canada has gotten behind it and basically said we're gonna whatever whichever charity wins, they're gonna drop twenty grand with the ten grand of the loser. So <laughs> it's. It seems to be uh, that it probably won't be part of the All Star Game festivities unless the NHL <laughs> decides to do that. But yeah, no, I don't uh, think they'll get behind like an absolute money wager. Like, well, it's it's, 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 it's all for charity. Okay. Is Pittington in the All Star Game? He is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's who's the other guy? Uh, is it him and Bishop? Kemper. Yeah. Well, Kemper's uh, they're in out though. They're not even. Oh yeah, Kemper is the. Kemper's in the Pacific. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, oh, is it is it Dubnik? Dub. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Hmm. Who's the other central goalie? Oh, it is Bishop. Well, he he's up there in the central voting. I know that. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. Let's see. Central. It is Dubnik. Dude, ah. uh, nice, nice. All right, well, um, let's get um, the fuck when, out of here. No, uh, let's let's get any the last of uh, the news. Lou, are we done with news? Uh, just a couple more. Well, we got to dive into uh, the Winter Classic, uh, and that's pretty much all we have. All I have. Awesome, awesome. I want that's what I wanted to kind of um, transition to anyway. Um, Obviously, it was very uh, cowboy hat Dallas and uh, and uh, Nashville. I thought I thought it looked really cool. Uh, one of the horses of like the mounted guard did shit himself when the fireworks went off. Though <laughs> I, don't if, I don't know if you noticed that. The, uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, the the freaking uh, horse whisperer, whatever they call themselves, had to go out there and calm it down. Uh, that horse has obviously seen some shit. <laughs> Uh, but other than that, um, we obviously had the longest walk of shame ever about a minute into the game. Um, good old Corey Perry throwing elbows. Nashville came out hot. Dallas uh, has the most uh, two-goal comebacks after two periods than any team in the NHL this year. They put that on display. What do you guys think? Yeah, honestly, they have a that really good game before this game. Yeah, they yeah, were the most in the league, six. and then they just added to it. Wow. Now they have seven. Yeah, seven times they've been down two going into the third one, the hockey game. Um, yeah, I mean, no, honestly, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a really good game. Um, I think because it was just it was just watching Dallas. I mean, they, they dominated the second half of the game, but they had to make the comeback. So it was I, I thought it was really fun to watch. Uh, shitty that Perry... <laughs> So Perry not only gets to play all of two minutes of the winter, his first ever winter classic, but then uh, of course gets a five game suspension for the hit, which I think is it's, I mean, it's everything combined. I mean, he's, I'm, he's, 
probably a, uh, technically a repeat offender. Um, Ellis got hurt. So uh, he got five games. So now he'll also, he's going to miss his first game back in Anaheim. Lou, did you see some of the uh, like auction tweets about it? I don't think so. So they're auctioning it off on NHLauction.com, and it's the highest bidding offer right now. What is? Corey Perry's jersey. Oh. <laughs> Worn a minute and 13 into it. <laughs> oh. Oh, it was for, like, memorabilia from the game specifically? Yep. It's going <laughs> off around 3K right now. Um, and all the comments are like, does it come with a piece of Ryan Ellis's tooth? <laughs> <laughs> Is the left elbow especially worn out? Like, things like that. And it's just, like it's it's crazy out about everything from the Winter Classic. Like that's a jersey. I mean, the jersey really hadn't been worn, but it had to. Yeah. Minute thirteen, like oh. I mean, that is kind of the most memorable part of the game. So uh, it might be, I don't know anything else that I would bid on. The game was yeah. good. Yeah, the game, game was, was good. good. No, it was a good game. Although, I, and I know this happens a lot in the outdoor games, but it did seem extra choppy out there. Uh, oh, the ice, yeah. The well, because they, they, uh, they lost the ice, like, like within two days of the game it like poured and they completely lost the ice they had to take it back down to concrete and redo it and uh i didn't even know that that was the term of lost the ice lou like where uh, did that that come from that was a word i heard uh the nbc guys talk about it when they were talking about the ice because they had and it's so they had it's an eight-man crew that does that rink so for the hit, so they had called in. They've got a they've got a second team. So it's two teams of eight guys each. So sixteen guys worked nonstop for like sixteen hours <laughs> to get that ice back. Yeah, that's yeah. Absurd. I mean, I dealt with those guys kind of with the Red Bull crashed ice shit in Fenway, and it was the same way. Like starting it was, it was a joke. Like they had to start over a few times. But I mean. <sighs> That is just absurd that they have to guarantee that to the NHL and to the national audience that they've been hyping this up for a little all this time. That's the dangerous thing of doing it in Texas. Oof. I mean, Dallas does get cold, but <laughs> it's about I as mean, you, but far it, south as you want to go. I mean, they got it together, and obviously the ice yeah. was playable on, but it was it was noticeable. There were some guys toe-picking out there a little bit. Nobody was moving as fast. You, you couldn't. You could see the game get tighter and yeah. tighter as it went the, on because guys the just yeah, on the dude, one side flying that. off like crazy too. I hope they don't do any more in fucking warm places because fuck that. Well, didn't they do uh, what, the LA one? Was that on ice? CJ was there, right? Was yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as at the game, uh, Dodger Stadium, Kings Ducks, and uh, I, I. I would have said probably a lot of the same things. Like the mm. game gets much more closer together after a while because the ice is choppy. I mean, those those pucks are supposed to come out of a freezer onto a frozen surface so that they so that they fucking slide. It's not a ball. Um, but other than that, I mean, the game turned out great. Uh, we, you know, you get Dallas's comeback win. We all picked Dallas. 
which almost guaranteed their loss, which is why early in the game I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. Um, but uh, speaking of pucks bouncing around, two things happened in the past month, because uh, I think the first one was from a few weeks ago, but two things that I've definitely never seen before on the ice watching TV at all. So I'm wondering if one of, them, one. one of them maybe you've seen, but uh, in the... Uh, I think it was the Islanders Ducks. The guy shot the puck into the referee's pocket. Oh yeah, from the defensive zone. And then there was one. Um, I don't remember who was playing, but it it might have even it was for a goal, and it went through the skate uh, between between the blade and his foot, uh, right to a guy, and he scored. Huh. I didn't see the yeah. second one. I saw the first one. I saw those. I got another one for you though. Nice. Um, a puck that popped up all the way in the air, and there was just a guy in front. And it came down right around where the crease where he was standing, and he headed it in the net like soccer. Ha. I have seen that once. Ah. Evan Jones did it at um, at uh, Floyd Hall in a game you guys played. I think it was a freeze wow. game. Lou. Unreal, <laughs> that, unreal that you said that because – I tagged Crow in it, and he tagged me in, and he was like, "I only know this because Jones did it that one time." <laughs> and, we were sharing, and we were sharing it with people, and yeah, it was unbelievable. I tagged Jones, I tagged Jonesy in it, and I said, "It's still not a goal. It's still bullshit." <laughs> still bullshit. Jonesy's, I, I couldn't tell which one was better. Like this one was sick because he saw it, Colin White. I believe it was Colin White. I think he's a Hanover guy too, actually. Hanover Mass, where McCarthy's from. But um he headed like he saw it coming and just headed like a soccer ball. But Jones is pretty good because he literally saw it coming and both of his hands were tied up behind him. Like he was digging for a puck and he came out of it. His hands were basically behind his back and he just headed it in and the fucking both breaths just allowed it. Yep. Damn it. That should be a goal. That should be a goal. <laughs> Yeah, there's no rule against it. Yeah, it's, it's like technically. If yeah. he wasn't moving towards it, yeah, and hit off his head and went in, it probably would be a goal. It's, it's it's like you can't direct it in with any part of your body. Basically, is what that rule is. Yeah, it's, it's just you, normally ninety nine point nine percent of the time it's with the skates kicking. Well, yeah, because no, nah, I mean, I guess I've seen guys like try to like punch it in and stuff but and obviously that's no good yeah you're a loony <laughs> yeah i mean if you're heading pucks in in the nhl <laughs> that should be a goal like, they're not, like there's no plays being made yeah right the diving header <laughs> <laughs> instead of a high stick yeah i could just head it in yeah we're not gonna go for that one Alrighty, um you guys want to do a little hockey history of course. All right. So the year is 1984, and Wayne Gretzky matches his NHL career high for points in a game with eight, scoring four goals and four assists um, in the Edmonton Oilers' eight to, or 12 to eight victory against the Minnesota North Stars. How oh. many eight point games did Gretzky have in his career? I'm going to say he did it three times. 
Yeah, I remember we did, uh, I think it's, what, five-point games, and they only did... Yeah, like, it was similar. only did, like, four. Um, so I'm going to go with five. It was two. Only did wow, two times. Yeah. Jesus. Wasn't going to go on to you. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, do you guys... Uh, this is kind of a simple one. Hey. Um, do you guys know hey. what year... The NHL was first shown on TV in the U.S. Oh. CBS aired a Saturday afternoon game between the New York Rangers and the Chicago Blackhawks, which does not help you with the time frame at all. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to say 1967. That might be late, though. Ooh, can, huh. I change, can I change it to 63? Sure. Uh, hey, Siri, when did Google come out? Um, I'm going to go with 1970. It was 1957. Ooh, I, I knew I had to go earlier. All right. I feel like, I feel like so, dad, dad was watching the NHL on TV as a kid. <laughs> so, yeah, it had yeah. to had, had to be at least early 60s. Um, so, uh, in 1984, each of these three brothers scored goals in the same game in an 8-3 to three victory. Can you guys tell me what three brothers they were? Howes. Suitors. The Stastny's. Damn it. Peter, Anton, and Marion Stastny all scored goals for the Quebec Nordiques against the Boston Bruins. They were all on the same team? Yeah, I guess for a very short period of time. Yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> not I bad guesses, not though. All that. prolific hockey families, pretty much, so. Oh yeah, uh, I bet you, I bet you there was like three suitors, maybe not brothers, but I think there's yeah, like a shit ton of cousins and stuff. Yeah, I think there's just like a massive family of talented hockey players. Sports. <laughs> All right, it was a little quick for hockey history, but that's what I had for us. Nice. Okay, I got a bone to pick with uh, NBC again. Oh boy, uh, they they didn't know um, all of the bird teams in the NFL, so okay. they're trying. They were trying to do this like this goofy like it's bird day and like because uh, obviously Seahawks Eagles and they were like of all the times the two birds have played against each other the home team has won t- is ten and zero uh, and they were like they were like the Cardinals the Seahawks the Falcons and the Eagles and uh, they didn't even mention the Ravens which is clearly <laughs> another bird so. Uh, thanks, NBC, for forgetting about the number one team in the NFL, whose mascot <laughs> is a bird. <laughs> oh, NBC just fucking around. Um, yeah, well, that was the end of that segment. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think you guys have to continue at all, unless you can think of another bird that me or NBC has forgotten in the NFL. Um, however, I thought about it pretty hard, so... Um, if we want to do a little pop stars before we get out of here. Yeah, let's do it. I don't want to go first this time. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, my pop star is going to go to, uh, I think it's Ilya, Ilyas Samsonov. Um, he, uh, we haven't, we've talked to a couple uh, little goalie controversy here and there. Uh, now's the season. You might think you see it a little bit, maybe in Pittsburgh. Uh 
Uh, Montreal's struggling. Uh, but in Washington, nobody's really talked about the fact that Ilya Samsonov has outplayed Holpe all year. And especially in the past few games, I think Holpe got a win tonight with a crazy comeback. Um, I think they scored two goals after an empty netter was scored to get Holpe a win. But it's been a struggle for him. And uh, their backup, Samsonov, I think is the real deal. Um, He could be a starter for them in the next couple years easily. So uh, pop pop star to Ilya Samsonov. All right. Hello. Yeah. Chris Letang won the fucking last man in again. Did he? Did he? I, I don't think did. that's... Has that happened yet? All-star game, last man in, ballot revealed. That's a ballot. Yeah. Okay. We have to figure well, out when it is because I'd like to make our picks off of the last man in as well. Say, I, w- I was just going to fucking just freak out. <laughs> but um, uh, Pops pick of the week, Louie Gallon. Uh, yes, yeah. So I'm gonna do actually um, my non-work or my non-military work supervisor. Um, I had I was on call this weekend um, and got called in yesterday and uh, ran into some some stuff I hadn't seen yet before. I couldn't quite figure out, and he uh, came in on his Saturday off to to help me out. So, Mr. Michael Patterson. Thanks, Mike. Ty. I gotta go with um. It's a tough one, but I gotta go Yans. I gotta keep Yandel here. Fucking Iron Man consecutive streak still going with his fucking broken teeth going on. Um, I forget the number, but he's played like 847 straight games or something like Sounds that. Sounds about so right. It's it's just incredible. So um, He's on my fantasy team, of course, so I love the uh, minutes. I wish time and Time on ice should be a stat in fantasy, I think. But um, he's just killing it. So, Yance, you're my guy. Pop pick of the week. All right. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to touch on? That's it for me. All right. Uh, soup, I'm out. Yep. Yep. Meat of the season coming up. So uh, it's, yep. it's, go t- it's go time. Yep. We're going to start, start looking at trade deadline stuff, too, uh, in the next coming weeks. Um, all right. So, as always, go check out our very good friends, Parlors. They're a great band out of New York City. Uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing about shows uh, in the coming month. Um, and then you can follow us on our social media. We are at the Heinemann Brothers Hockey Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hockey. Hockey.